Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and this is How to Talk to Humans. This is the podcast that shows you how to improve your communication skills. Are you looking to get a better job? Are you looking to find a relationship? Are you trying to do things in your life that have frustrated you and eluded you so far? I can show you so easily how to change that. Now, I can only do it with humans. If you're looking to deal with vampires or zombies, extraterrestrials, this is not the show for you. But if you're really looking to improve your communication skills, I can show you what I've learned from 40 years in show business working with the biggest celebrities and superstars in the world, and their secrets are unbelievable. What I'm going to be teaching you during the course of this podcast every week are tools that you can use to communicate toward success. Hi, this is Larry Wilson, and I thank you again for joining me here. I had a very interesting experience this last week that I wanted to share with everyone, particularly as it involves business and communication. Uh, You know, it's so easy to forget that business lives or dies with our skills as a communicator. It may not be as apparent to you, but I can assure you that little tiny things affect your business performance. Tiny things like eye contact. There are a couple of studies done at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, and also I think at Chicago University, that showed that people who maintained eye contact with customers longer than usual, if they were able to maintain eye contact a few seconds longer, had significantly higher sales. Now, you would think everyone involved in business would know this, but they don't. Maybe they know it unconsciously. Maybe it's somewhere in the back of their mind, but I'm all about making these things conscious and in the forefront of your brain. I want you to be aware of them. It seems like such a simple thing to do. But of course, in this day and age, particularly for younger people, they're not as accustomed to making eye contact with people and holding eye contact, looking directly at them. But if you're involved in sales, I think it's mission critical. I think you have to do it. And as with everything else I talk about here in Wilson Method, I think it's a really good idea to practice. The more you practice, you don't have to be doing it in a business situation. You can be doing it when you go up to order a frozen yogurt. But I think you'll be surprised at the reaction you get. Because some of these people who are in service industries are so used to no one making eye contact that it sometimes is startling, sometimes very pleasing to them. It really evinces a great warmth and connection from them. Well, 
these are the gold standards we're looking for in communication. And anyone can do them. I'm particularly uh, focused this week because of business people I've been talking with who've been listening to the podcast uh, who asked me about unintended consequences. And I thought that was such a great topic because poor communication can result in things we had no idea. Never in a million years would we have imagined this was going to happen. I'll give you an example. Many of you know that for years, working in casinos, I played a lot of poker. And I remember there was a player who I followed who was a superb player. He knew more than I would ever know about the game in a million years. And one time I was playing in a game in Las Vegas, and he came in, and I saw him said, oh, hey, how are you? And he said, hi, hi, and said, hi. Some people at the table knew him, some didn't. Sat down, we were playing Texas Hold'em, and he proceeded to win the next nine hands in a row. Now, it wasn't because he was a genius player. He happened to get great cards, and that happens sometimes. But it was just bang, bang, bang. And so it went all the way around the table, and then he called for a rack. And every the table was like, what? 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 What do you mean? And they brought a rack over, and he put all these chips he'd won in the rack, said, cash me out. And he got up. And people are going, you can't leave. Are you kidding? Man, you're on a hot streak. You're going to, you well, they just couldn't believe it. So, of course, I ran after him. I said, man, I said, I, I, you've got to tell me, what are you doing? He said, well, he said, that was very lucky for me to win the first nine hands. He said, the only thing that could happen now is my hourly win rate will go down. He said, that's the only thing that's going to happen. I said, okay, okay. I said, but how can you get up and leave? He goes, it's hard. It's really hard. But you just have to make yourself do it and then go get something to eat or go see a movie or something like that. And the reason that the story came to mind is when he called for a rack and everyone at the table couldn't believe it, and I repeated this story many times to people. He said, how much can one man win? Which I thought was so poetic and so profound when he got him left the table. I told that story so many times to people. And they were really impressed, especially poker players. Like he stood up with this beatific smile on his face. How much can one man win? Well, it was years later, maybe 10, 15 years later, I ran into this guy and reminded him of that story. He said, I never said that. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, no. He said, that's not what I said. I said, what did you say? He said, I said, how much does a single guy need? And I said, oh, 
I completely misinterpreted that. I, I said single as one. You meant unmarried guy. And need, I said, is win. And I thought it was so interesting. It's such a classic example of a completely unintended consequence that I had gotten this fantastically philosophical observation that I don't know where it came from, but it didn't come from him. He had a whole different meaning. But I think it's particularly pertinent to business where you think you've made something so clear. Maybe it's to coworkers. Maybe it's to your boss. Maybe it's to your employees. Maybe it's to a board of directors or uh, sales associates or valued customers. It could be any. But you think just the way this poker player thought he was so clear. How much does a single guy need? And I totally got it wrong. How much can one man win? I still like my version of it better than his. I have to say, it seems somehow more uh, poetic. But that idea is uh, one worth examining here and thinking about. Because the more we can be clear... Now, obviously, in that case with the poker player, he was just tossing off a comment as he left the table. And tell what an impact it had on me. I've never forgotten it. But in business, we have these experiences every day. They happen on a daily basis. We say something we think is so clear, and yet the meaning gets muddled or confused or lost entirely. One example I think of, somebody sent me something. I had replied to an email that I had promised them I was going to attach something and I had forgotten to attach it. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's done this. And I got an email back that said, no attachment. Now, I didn't really know what that meant. So after thinking about it, I thought, well, maybe what they're trying to say is, I forgot to send the attachment. And I thought, it would have been so much clearer if they'd written back and said, I didn't receive the attachment. It's also uh, not as confrontational. It's not as adversarial. They're not accusing me of trying to trick them and withhold this valuable information. They're not saying, Larry, you're such a dope that you probably forgot to attend. They're not saying that. They're just saying, I didn't receive the attachment. I think of sometimes when someone will write something, um, the difference in terms of unintended consequences, saying you come into a meeting, there's people waiting. You say, oh, sorry, I'm late. Implicit in it, whether you mean it or not, is sort of a suggestion that you don't value their time. You know, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm late. Whereas you could handle the same situation by saying, 
I want to thank everyone for waiting. So simple. Not a big deal. But again, I wouldn't encourage you to try to throw these off the top of your head. Think about the situations that you encounter on a daily basis. On a daily basis. Think about what are the most frustrating exchanges you have with coworkers, with bosses, with employees, with customers. What what are the most infuriating? You know, thinking back to poker again, it's many years ago, I was performing at some hotel and they had some fundraiser for something, I don't know, some nonprofit or something, and um, there was a charity uh, poker game, a Hold'em game, and uh, they said, oh, Larry, will you, uh, uh, can we do an on-camera interview and show you playing at the table, and then you can say something? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> the reporter who was doing the thing, there was a, you know, in a casino, they have professional dealers who deal the game. At uh, I thought it was a very clever idea. The reporter said to the dealer, um, can you tell me how this game is played? And she said, uh, sure. And she started to lay out the game. And Hold'em is a deceptively simple looking game. It's not simple at all. It's uh, like anything in life that looks incredibly simple. There's all kinds of layers of strategy and nuance that the more experienced have a greater advantage. Every player is dealt two cards that they hold in their hand that no one can see except them. Then, at intervals, some cards are turned face up in the middle of the table that are common to everyone's hand. So the first thing that happens, there's a betting round, and then three cards are turned face up. There's another betting round. A fourth card is turned up. There's a final betting round, and a fifth card is turned up. Actually, I'm sorry, there's one more betting round after that. But but you have three cards, then a fourth card, then a fifth card. Now, you make your best hand of five. In any combination, from those five common cards on the center of the table plus the two in your hand. On rare occasions, the five cards in the middle of the table make a better hand than anyone can make using any of their cards. And so any player who has remained till the very end of the hand, they just split up what's left in the pot. But what I thought was interesting is the dealer said, it's a five-card game. And I made the... uh, tactical mistake of saying, excuse me, but it isn't really. And she said, yes, it is a five. I said, no, I understand what you're saying, but for someone who doesn't know the game, it's not really. She said, hey, I've been dealing this for 15 years, okay? I said, I know, and you're a great dealer. I know you know what you're doing. I don't mean to impugn your reputation in any way. It's just that your explanation is not clear. She said, it is a five-card game. I said, how many cards are on the table? She said, five. I said, how many do we have in our hands? She said, two. I said, so that's really seven cards. And she said, well, well, yes, but 
but you use your best hand of five. I said, right. I said, so it's really a seven-card game out of which you make your best hand of five. And she said, I, I guess. Later that night, she came to me and apologized to me. She said, you know, I was thinking about it, and you're right, I'm sorry. I said, it's okay, I shouldn't have said anything. I said, you're a professional dealer. I said, I was just trying to clarify if someone was watching this who didn't know the game at all, that it really is a seven-card game where you then make your best hand of five. And I was impressed with her ability to not take it personally and be able to realize, she said, oh yeah, she said, that's how I'm going to describe it from now on. Now, it's a very simple thing, her description, it's a very simple thing. But it's also simple, the difference between you walking into a meeting and saying, sorry I'm late, or thank you all, for waiting, I appreciate it. These are very subtle and simple differences. But again, in experiments and studies that have been done at universities for years now, the consistent result that keeps coming up is that the clearer your communication is, the more effective your sales are. If you're doing sales, what whatever your business is, they see a direct correlation between clarity and success. Oh, we're still recording here, aren't we? Good. Uh, because I had another thought. Um, you know, before when I was talking about unintended consequences, uh, I took this for granted, which I shouldn't do. But especially as concerns business, we always want to frame our communication, if possible, in a positive light. If there's a way to do that, sometimes there may not be. But it is so much more effective than when it's in a negative light. Uh, the idea you're, you arrive late in a meeting, sorry I'm late, it, it has an unspoken message of, eh, you people, your time doesn't matter. That's very negative implication. Whether you mean it or not, it's easy for someone to take that meaning from it. Whereas, oh, thanks for waiting, I really appreciate that. Much more positive spin. And again, it's not hard for you to do if you're thinking about it. You know, in a prior episode, I talked about the guru, Baba Ram Das, and his mantra, be here now, that's really in line with what we're talking about here. If you're thinking in all your business communications, how can I frame this so that it's positive? You're going to see spectacular results. Absolutely spectacular. Because people are much more receptive to them. And even if it's something where your initial reaction is, you want to say, oh my God, that was the dumbest thing anyone's ever done. Well, that's okay to think that, as long as you realize that it won't be the most effective means of communicating. As always, I want you to have a clear purpose in mind. What are you trying to accomplish with this communication? 
Well, if you're trying to make this business you're involved in more successful, more effective, more productive, then it's very easy for you to think, I may have a negative feeling about this, but that's not how I'm going to communicate. I'm going to find the positive spin. This has been Larry Wilson. I want to thank you for spending this time with me. And I hope you found this information useful. If you're looking for more, you can find it at thewilsonmethod.com. There's a ton of stuff there. In fact, if you want, you can even speak to me because I'm human. Send me an email at info at wilsonmethod.com because I read every single one. I hope that you'll join us next week in this continuing journey and you'll be with me for the next episode of How to Talk to Humans. <laughs>